I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'll see you, this is so exciting, in the future. Scrolling for December 28th, 2021. I'm Steve Foder. And I'm that naked guy, Baby New Year. I should have known it was coming. You you previewed it last week. I should have known it was coming. We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. And if you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Baby New Year, this is the last Tuesday of 2021. We are ready for your arrival this week and 2022 with you. It's a little drafty in here, Steve. I hope it warms up shortly. (laughs) Me and my big ears and my big hat, Steve. It's Holy Innocence Day. It's December 28th. Happy Holy Innocence Day to all those who celebrate, especially the babies for the new year. Uh, Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, that wasn't really a celebration for the babies, Steve. All the male children two years or under, they, they didn't really enjoy that day. Yeah, thanks, King Herod. Thanks for a day to celebrate our our firstborn males. Well, you know what? The the good news is, according to Wikipedia, this could be a myth. Imagine that. <laughs> Imagine celebrating myths, Steve. Uh, we we would never celebrate a myth <laughs> on a grand scale. Well, I'll just throw something else on the Yule flag. Film at eleven. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Chip, you and I both got a chance to see the new Matrix movie, uh, not Matrix 4. This is called The Matrix Resurrections, and I want to hear all about your first reactions to the new Matrix movie. Well, speaking of mythology, (laughs) (laughs) first of all, let me go ahead and just throw it out there. Uh, 25 out of 100. This is an awful movie for me. It just was fake mythology, pseudo thoughts, lots of gratuitous car flips. And, you know, you think the stormtroopers are bad shots. All the Mr. Smiths out there certainly can, you know, shoot machine guns, but certainly can't hit anything. (laughs) And of course, Dr. Horrible shows up. I wonder what happened to him. I was not feeling this movie. I watched it through HBO Max. It, it is currently in the theater too. But you know what? I have a feeling. I have a feeling that somebody enjoyed this film. Steve, tell us about The Matrix Resurrections. The Matrix Resurrections chip has so much pseudo philosophy, so many car flips, so much gunplay. There's so much great character development in this story. I love this movie for all of its fan servicey looking directly through my TV at me and going, you know what Steve likes? Steve likes pseudo philosophy, thinking about what if this is for me, the what if of this whole movie franchise, as much as I love the Marvel, what if playing with the idea of philosophy, this is playing with that concept and our current digital lifestyle and our identity. Who are we at this point in 2021? And how has that changed since the first movie in 1999? I love this movie. I recommend this to everybody that loved the 1999 movie. I think you will love this too. There seems to be a divide here. Um, 
It was like a, it was like another Ted talk, Steve. It is kind of Ted talky, isn't it? Especially the first half of the movie where they are laying out their playbook for what this sequel slash reboot is going to be, what it has to be for the fans to plunk down their cash to watch this movie. How many pills do you think we could take before the end of this movie? I mean, that's exactly it's like every time you turn around, they're like opening something going, here's more pills. I love the pills, the, the shiny blue pills like you, you viewer of this movie, you are buying into all of the medicine that's being given to you. And maybe just maybe it's not as good for you as you think it is. Maybe you should think for yourself. There's so many layers to this fake philosophy i love this to no end the idea of the mind porn that that's a direct quote from this movie the idea of the mind porn that is the matrix the thinking the looking around the being a part of something bigger than yourself i i love every piece of this and i think if you wanted to revisit this just watch the first of the matrix films it's much better than than this one I agree with that. I agree that, that the first movie is a better movie. It is a complete story. It, this is much more gratuitous in its use of action scenes, but that's what they state as their statement of the theme of this whole experiment is what people like is the thought experiment and the guns and the flipping of the cars not to mention going into the whole concept of how they filmed the 1999 movie and going into the bullet time thing that changed cinematography massively they go into that conversation in this movie well and that may be also what's going on is it also looks dated that may be what the director was intending to do I think that the director certainly is trying to get to that feeling of 1999, how much we love this and how the follow-up can be that. This looks so expensive. The, the estimates are something around $200 million to, to make this movie because of all the green screen, all the special effects, all the wire work, all of the everything that comes together. And yes, Neil Patrick Harris, plays with time in such a great way and those scenes look ridiculously expensive if if only you had a sidekick steve all right so the I, I, what, I, what is interesting about this is how our experiences were so significantly opposed to each other because i once again wasn't feeling it and you really love this film and that's, that'll be something for any person who sits down and they want to watch it. Mm -hmm. Steve, let's go to the other film that you got to see this week. Ron's Gone Wrong. This is a Disney animated family release that we talked about a few weeks ago is now available on Disney Plus. Zach Galifianakis as a wisecracking robot. Uh, Olivia Coleman, she's in everything. And Ed Helms, the Ed Helms, not the Northwest Suburbs Ed Helms. This is, it's a family movie. This is a Christmas movie. This is another philosophical journey thinking about friendship, thinking about social media, thinking about how kids today, especially middle schoolers, because this is a story about a, a middle schooler, how middle schoolers work together and how they need to focus on friends, 
so often and how important friends are to our young people. Well, I, th- I think that's something that will be maybe the zeitgeist of the last few years is how much we need other people. And we are a social creature. We thrive when we are around other people. Even if you're a wallflower, you, you benefit from being around people. Very few can function at high levels by themselves for long periods of time. Thank you, COVID. And the question that this movie brings up and that we've been talking about for a long time is how social media makes that feeling of friendship and how that feeling of friendship in social media is not the same as real, true friendship, really, truly being with each other. Sure. That is the big message of Ron's gone wrong is maybe it's, it's all of us. Maybe we've all gone wrong thinking of friends through social media instead of, you know, on the playground. Sure. And you can watch that on Disney plus Steve. Do you have a film that stars damn dirty apes? <laughs> the, the damn dirty seventies was really sparked in 1968 when the planet of the apes was released. And yes, it's, Christmas. What is it? A sweaty time, Steve? Was it a sweaty, sweaty period? Sweaty seventies started out in 1968. Charlton Heston landed on a planet that he didn't know where the planet was and found out that it was run by apes and the planet apes. I tell you what, Chip, I can watch this movie every year, maybe twice a year. I love this film. I love the way that the cinematography tells a story, even though there's very little dialogue, there is, there's a, such a huge question of philosophy, a question of humanity, a question of all of those themes that we talk about on this show in the planet of the apes. And a a reminder of the jobs that no longer exist, Steve, on a movie set, there's not a person with a water bottle you know, spraying everybody down before the scenes. They were so sweaty. It was the sweaty 70s. <laughs> then Christmas came, Chip, and uh, my my slate of Christmas films, of course, just like everybody else, every home in America, I watched all of the Star Wars movies, starting with Rogue One from 2016, followed by Star Wars, Star Wars, Chip, Star Wars, 1977, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Return of the Jedi. That's Christmas. It seems like a a ray of hope. (laughs) (laughs) Was it on (laughs) Blu-ray? Opening this week, we've got some movies that might be those classics that we watch every year from now on. We'll find out. I don't know. I don't know. We'll find out. The first. Steve, I was going to say, Steve, do we have any films that maybe star Tyrion Lannister? <laughs> yes. Yes, Chip. The Angry Elf from Elf is in a movie this week. It is Cyrano, the story of Cyrano de Bergerac. And yes, Peter Dinklage is playing Cyrano in this one. I look forward to this movie. This is a classic tale that has been told over and over again. Wonderful story about a person who doesn't fit in trying to find his way through the community and see he drinks and he knows things (laughs) i think you're confusing this with game of thrones well it's sort of a game of thrones with (laughs) words and poetry steve (laughs) i look forward to this version of cyrano coming to our theaters this week all right, so do we have any uh, anything opening that potentially has very few words from when he was introduced in Star Wars? 
<laughs> That's the worst transition you've ever come up with. Yes, Chip. The Book of Boba Fett is coming to our screens this week on Disney Plus. The sequel to The Mandalorian. I guess it's a spin-off. Is it a spin-off? Is it a sequel? I guess we'll find out when we watch The Book of Boba Fett starting this week on Disney Plus. Do you think he'll be crawling out of the Sarlacc pit? I don't know. I don't know what part of the Sarlacc pit they're going to tell. That's a story that has been told many times. I don't know what part of the story they're going to tell here, but I do know that Jennifer Beals is going to be featured in this. You might know her as the dancer in Flashdance. She is playing one of the dancers at Jabba's Palace in this (laughs) book of Boba Fett. To whom will be watching the next... um... The next film stage. <laughs> to whom? To whom? Yes, the bad news chip is that there was no Doctor Who episode on Christmas this year. But the good news is that 2022 will start on Saturday with a new episode of Doctor Who. It's called The Eve of the Daleks. And here's let me let me just read you the synopsis. Sarah owns and runs Elf storage and nick is a customer who visits his unit every year on christmas eve this year however their night turns out to be a little different than planned elf something something tells me this was a christmas special maybe rewritten for baby new year elf storage (laughs) like the s fell off and they just kept it (laughs) stunned silence Brings us to our book it, our book of the week. You know, we we've talked a lot in the last eight and a half years. We have thought a lot. And some of our thought experiments have been very interesting. Scott Adams, who you might know as the writer of Dilbert, right? He's the that's his big claim mm-hmm. to fame. He wrote yes. a little novella called God's Debris in 2001. And this is just that, a thought experiment. What if, I don't know, lots of things. There's lots of ifs in this book. Isn't that the, the, the fun part of this writing or this experiencing this story is that part of it is just kind of going along with it and agreeing with some of it. And then there's something that's wrong, but you know, you kind of have to figure out what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's all it's doing is it's it's challenging you in a, in a, a playful way. What if God was one of us, just a slob like one of us, just a stranger well, yeah. on the bus? Maybe we could write a song about that. <laughs> Trying to make his way home. <laughs> I'm getting my nose pierced, Steve. God's debris. What if we are made of star stuff and what if that star stuff was just the leftovers and what if we are walking around being and existing as the leftovers of some larger thing it's a great question and 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 once again it, it is an exploration of how we we view consciousness how we view life and it's asking big questions and in not a an intimidating way. It, it really is. Once again, I, I find it. I find this very playful and worthy of an experience. And I'm not sure if you know we can talk about it. But what I would suggest is if you have interest in kind of having 
you know, you're going on a long walk or you want to spend an afternoon and either listen to it or read it, just kind of going through the experience of this little short book. It, it is very short. The audio version is just under three hours. And if you're listening to it at double speed, that makes it about an hour and a half. But it's just a question that has no real answer. There's no answer at the end of, of what is our existence. But thinking through, finding those patterns that, that us humans try to find, finding the levels of consciousness, where we start and where we're at and, and where we're headed is a big, big part of this. It seems like Elon Musk asks these same questions every ah, once in a while. Times man of the year, Elon Musk. Exactly. And maybe it is the Matrix, Steve. See? Now you're coming around to the Matrix. <laughs> but my, my, my point is, is that this is playful. And once you, once you finish, you, you think about it. it. It doesn't just exit your mind. It becomes something that you can kind of saw away with uh, on for a period of time, for as, you know, for as long as you want to contemplate it. And, and putting into your current philosophy of what is life, the universe, and everything, just one more question mark, God's debris. I like that. Yeah, and, you know, as Keanu Reeves would say, whoa. Whoa. There was an actual whoa in the Matrix movie this week. <laughs> an actual Keanu whoa. And that, there's the other part. Is Keanu Reeves is such a likable guy. I mean, he's become this, like... Um, uh, you know, the beauty of, of his him as a persona uh, is he's going to be the most likable guy for the rest of his life. Everybody's just going to cheer him. They're going to cheer him like they cheer Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. I absolutely agree with that. We can all hope to be like Mark Hamill. There's your philosophy book. I would love to read your philosophy book, How to Be More Like Mark Hamill. Yeah. And maybe you could find it in God's Debris. Um, part of the, the challenge of God's Debris is once you've finished it, as you're thinking about it, recognizing where the writer went through there and purposely threw you off with some stuff that is absolutely wrong. And mm. it's, you're, meant, you're meant to catch it. Mm. It's, you're, you're meant to be skeptical of sort of the story. That's really special writing. Scott Adams has has a way of writing. We've read a couple of his books over the years, and mm -hmm. he has he has a way of writing that is different from others and and gives you the the door to walk through if you choose to walk through it. That's what I got from this. I enjoy this once again. This would be a wonderful thing to recommend to um, an individual, maybe for uh, more of a grown-up family or at least a, a family that is intellectually wanting to be tickled. There you go. God's Debris by Scott Adams. There is a follow-up novella called The Religion War that we haven't read. Maybe we'll read that in the new year. Mm -hmm. Scroll with it. Brings us to our scroll with it. It is the last Tuesday of 2021. Time for one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things that we've done in the last eight and a half years. And my wanting to categorize the year that was 2021 by listing our favorites. Sure. <laughs> 
Not one of Chip's favorite segments. Well, you know, Julie Andrews would say, these are a few of my favorite things, Steve. The good news is I'm not making you make predictions for 2022 like I did for the first few years of the show because you hated that segment even more. But <laughs> our, I predict COVID will still be around for a period of time. But we're not doing predictions. We're doing I hope, our I hope it's not true. Favorites of 2021. We asked our listeners, what was your favorite book of 2021, your favorite movie of 2021, and your favorite news of 2021? And we came up with our favorites as well. Chip, you want to start? What is your favorite book of 2021? Sure. We were just finishing down uh, our Sandwiches at Irregular Hours uh, series that we ran with Professor Pamela Bedore. And we read a lot of books. One of the books we read was Bill Gates' book that he released earlier this year on climate change. And basically, he outlined all the latest theories on climate change and then talked a little bit some of the challenges of trying to fix it in, in the time frame that he thought we could, we could fix you know, some of the challenges we're dealing with, pollution and all those other challenges, way, well beyond what mortals can can deal with, not as a group. And what that allowed me to go out and continue to read more books. And my, one of my favorite books, and certainly contrarian to Gates' book, who was outlining the latest thoughts, was a, one by Stephen E. Coonan. It's called Unsettled, What Climate Science Tells Us, What It Doesn't, and Why It Matters. And once again, he is not a, a climate change denier, but he is a person that is looking at climate change in a much more critical eye on data. Basically, what he's saying is, listen, I'm a scientist. I'm used to looking at data sets. And I think that we are looking at these data sets without a critical eye. Basically, we're always going to the worst possible situation. Because of the expense of dealing with climate change, we need to be critical on how we attack this. And what, what I mean by that is every time we make a statement on it, we could use those resources elsewhere. And could we provide more good by either letting individuals choose their, their path or uh, working on other things collectively that we need to solve mm. because it just seems that to always use the worst case scenario is not a proper way of using sci the scientific method. Mm. And what we also need to recognize is coming to a, a conclusion through the science doesn't mean that that has to be the path we end up taking because we're not ruled by scientists. We're ruled by individuals or people, and we've got choices to make. A buddy of mine wrote, he goes, the willingness to think about cost-benefit analysis should be the minimum condition of a moral and intellectual argument. And most of us think that the unwillingness to do so must be uh, virtue and sincerity. And I think that type of argument that my, my friend made is a great way of looking at some of the challenges we're dealing with when we're dealing with big problems like climate change. I really like this book. I think that it is a wonderful exploration of what a scientist should do, how they should think about data, 
and how they should work with policymakers on trying to find solutions to some of the, the, the biggest challenges that we'll have during our lifetime. It's been a great conversation that we've had with Pam over this year, talking about climate change and talking about what can be done and what should be done. And this is a good piece of the information. And, and, what, and like I said, one of the real challenges we, we were running into is we, we're unable to truly have debates. We immediately fall into these camps that somehow one group is right and the other one's wrong and, and there's no way of really working these things out. And I just think that forcing, particularly young people, into situations where they're going through extreme anxiety over something they, they cannot control is a disservice to the psychological makeup of our future generation. Hmm. I mean, think about what the Cold War did to that generation. If you're constantly worried about the bomb dropping, Steve, mm-hmm. I mean, think, look at, look at the music of the eighties. I mean, how many times we talk about that? Yeah. There's it's just, it's just on our minds in the eighties. And it was there to not just scare you, it's to make you fearful. Humans have a track record of finding ways to survive and move forward. And that's part of the important conversation is, is shouldn't we be working toward finding a way to survive? Isn't that an important part of it? But keeping the knowledge and the science behind that move is important as well. I hope that I'm clear on the, the grand thing is he's not denying that there's climate change, right? But what he is suggesting is that we need to look at the data so that we can logically make decisions. We can't shut down half the economy and have everyone live at a very high standard. Mm -hmm. COVID is showing all sorts of challenges that we're currently dealing with. Now take that to a different level too. No one wants to watch their family starving or suffering because of a decision that's made that may happen on the timeframe that some scientists say or may not. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to my favorite book of 2021, and that's Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. This brings up so many of those same ideas. There is a disaster that is headed toward Earth because the sun is slowly getting colder and that climate change in the Earth we need to find a solution and the earthlings send a ship with a crew into space to go and solve the problem of this disaster headed toward earth we get the view from one astronaut only one a lone astronaut who wakes up on this spaceship doesn't know why he's on a spaceship doesn't know his name doesn't know anything about his situation and has to find out and we puzzle through with him where he is what his mission is and how he's going to solve it using fascinating science and an adventurous math for those of you who read or watched the martian by andy weir in my opinion this is a better book than the martian and the martian for those of you who didn't watch it uh stars matt damon the book is so much better i i I know that that's true of almost every movie ever the book is better but the book is so much better than the movie with matt damon (laughs) (laughs) this book project hail mary is in my opinion the best action math 
I've ever read. I said that about The Martian when we read that eight and a half years ago. And now I think that Andy Weir has outdone himself with Project Hail Mary. And yes, this will be a movie. There's definitely a movie quality to his storytelling. And uh, Ryan Gosling is signed on to be the star of Project Hail Mary, the movie. I look forward to that one as well. Wonderful. Did you like that one? I did. I like that book a lot. I think this is a, a wonderful book. And certainly it was a nice book to read as a group. So if, you, if you're part of a book club or something like that, this is certainly something to re- recommend. Absolutely. Moving on to movies, Chip, what was your favorite movie of 2021? Well, it's a movie that stars Maria. Maria, <laughs> Maria. And it takes place in America. West Side Story, the 2021 Steven Spielberg movie. You really believe that this is going to be movie of the year at the Oscar time, right? I think this will be movie of the year. It's it's accessible. Think about who the voters are for the Oscars. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, what demographic this is hitting. (laughs) And the skill that this film took in in this presentation. Spielberg hit a home run with this. And I, I recommend it to any person who likes musicals, who uh, enjoys film, and uh, it, it just is a, a, a very nice uh, adaption. And I, I do think this will be film of the year. And I and I do recommend this. I think this is my my favorite film of the year. And it's kind of interesting to think about the the changes in the story that were made to try to get a little more of the Puerto Rican culture into the story, because that's one of the things that people talk about the 1957, not really capturing that Puerto Rican lifestyle. And and they tried really hard with the new version. And and this time they didn't have to use spray tans, Steve. Right, right. (laughs) America's treasure, Rita Moreno, really shines in her part here, changing the story enough to give her more of a starring role. And, and you just see in her eyes the passion of her love for this story. Well, there is a place for us. <laughs> as long as there's a- <laughs> <laughs> what, what is so amazing is uh, I'm, I'm sitting around and people are singing the music and they don't even realize they're singing West Side Story. So you you realize the level that it's permeated in society. Mm-hmm. This is secondhand knowledge. It must have been they heard grandma or mom singing this, and like the child is somehow knows this song. Mm-hmm. It's it's great music. I mean, Stephen Sondheim with the words and Leonard Bernstein with the music. They came together, and it is wonderful music. And putting it into a new light for 2021, uh, I hope that it wins all the oscars just give all the oscars to west side story <laughs> there'll be a lot of finger snaps when they come and accept it you never know and you never know there could be a fight over who gets to keep the trophy the jets or the sharks you never know <laughs> my favorite movie of 2021 is one that i i really recommend and i think you'll have to really search for it unfortunately because it's unfortunately on apple tv plus which is a service that is still struggling even after its years of existence this is the movie 
Finch. This is Tom Hanks' uh, best actor. I think that Tom Hanks' acting in this is ready for an Oscar. He is an engineer who has survived an apocalypse. The, the entire world, for the most part, it is gone. There's no people on Earth, and he's the last one, and he builds himself a robot friend to try to keep his sanity. Did he name it Wilson? <laughs> no, he also didn't name it Tom Servo. Here's the headline, Chip. Here's the headline. Steve's favorite movie of 2021 is about a, an isolated man who builds a robot friend to watch movies with. At the end, he dies. I mean, why not? <laughs> you mentioned Wilson because, yes, th this movie would not exist without Castaway. Tom Hanks amazing portrayal of that isolation and that loneliness in castaway is mirrored here in 2021 this movie is better than castaway this movie has all of the fear of that isolation plus that climate change so uh, you know a, a man with his dog and robot have to deliver a fedex pa package to california Turner and Hooch have to get a FedEx package to California. Yeah. <laughs> Did he play this part before? <laughs> and it's produced by Robert Zemeckis. This is a Robert Zemeckis, Tom Hanks movie that I recommend so highly. And, and again, you're going to have to search for this on Apple TV Plus. You're going to have to pay for it, but I really recommend it. The robot, Caleb Landry Jones, plays the voice of the robot, and it's so much like Alan Tudyk's K2SO from Rogue One. This is a, a great movie. Life is like a box of chocolates, Steve. You got to bring the box of chocolates from FedEx to California. He's, with he's delivering robot through FedEx and, some, some chocolates. And Turner and Hooch. <laughs> Yes. Bosom buddy. He seems to have played all these parts before. The next, next, and he does it while wearing a pumpkin suit. <laughs> Bosom Buddies 2021. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened in 2021. A lot of things. A lot of things happened. What was your what was your moment of 2021 that you're gonna carry forward into the new year? They found that chicken dinosaur in the egg, Steve. <laughs> 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 no, that happened last week that was that was a, that was a pretty amazing thing to find steve but i'm going to say the real answer is going to be that COVID vaccines became available to everyone steve everyone who wanted to take one and the 30 percent of the population that purposely chose not to at warp speed we have to we have to give credit where credit is due they made these vaccines very quickly they appear to be safe and effective although you're right 30 percent of the population would argue with me strongly on that it's their freedom steve my freedom we are working together we're getting out of this pandemic i'm so tired of it i'm so tired of thinking about it i i want to move on and hopefully we will get to the next level well steve you know what i remember most about getting my covid shot was getting my covid shot waiting 15 minutes and driving to the beach and then you know maybe just maybe suffering on the beach the entire day oh, poor you um, and having to watch the ocean just to make sure it didn't go anywhere oh poor you 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 oh then i had to drive home steve 
afterwards it was it was awful oh sounds sounds terrific sounds like a great 2021 your beach existence steve i'm not the only person who was noticing the news out there what do you have to share my favorite thing of 2021 was getting out of the house getting to those conventions i love going to conventions if i had all the money in the world i would buy an rv a self-driving rv and i would go to conventions across this country one at a time one weekend at a time and i would just enjoy the company of all of those strangers that moment when we together have something that we are passionate about that we can share with each other and the joy that that brings to everybody at these conventions that's my favorite thing of 2021 Eating hot dogs at the Donald Sutherland, you know, convention center, McCormick Place. I mean, Steve, Donald it's got to be Sutherland, crazy. The Donald Sutherland Convention Center? Is it 24? Is it open 24? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Donald Kiefer. Sutherland. That's Kiefer Sutherland. That's right. Donald was his father, Steve. <laughs> that's right. And he somehow has a relationship to uh, Rosemont, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Donald E. Stevens. That's a different guy. We had such a fun time at PopCon in Indianapolis in July, Anime Magic in August, Wizard World in October, Chicago TARDIS in November. I did not go to C2E2 in December. I was I was busy with December, but so many of our listeners went and shared their fun via social media. We I saw some great pictures from all all sorts of friends that went to C2E2. Steve, we're not the most important people who who do our podcast. Our, our listeners. Speak for yourself, sir. Well, inspire us. And do they have anything they'd like to share maybe for their movie of the year? Yeah, I, I put out a, a very scientific poll and asked our listeners what their favorite movie, book, and news of the year was. And we got quite a few votes for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings as the top movie of 20% the year. of our 100,000 votes came back they went with shang chi <laughs> tens of dozens of people who listened to this show reminded us about shang chi that was that was a good movie that was a good movie of 2021 20 also thought that ghostbusters afterlife was exactly what they wanted to see and i still have not seen this film i have not been to the theater to watch ghostbusters afterlife it is coming to our screens next week and so I will watch this and review it for next week's show. But I, I, I've heard good things. Well, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, the Beatles get back. That was yeah. also voted by 20% of our listeners. Quite a few, quite a few of our listeners are really enjoying that backstage footage of the Beatles. Our our musician from our house band Grenadier, Jeremy, was really wanting to talk about music and how music is created through this very long documentary. And he turned to me and he said, "You didn't watch it, did you?" I said, "No, I didn't watch it." But in fact, it's a beautiful exploration of the creative process, especially under pressure, because that is the other thing that you you understand by watching this is how quickly they had to not just be creative, but they had to have the product at the end. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I, I, I find the process fascinating. I, I probably won't watch eight hours of it. We had at least a few people that remind us about Cruella, the live action uh, 
sequel to the 101 Dalmatians that came out this year. Starring Mary Jane Watson. <laughs> one of the one of the myriad uh, Mary Jane Watsons. And then, of course, Tick, Tick, Boom, which we haven't actually talked about. This is a biopic of the man who wrote Rent and the story of his life going through and creating that musical. 921,600 minutes. I mean, that's about what I need to, to get through that. <laughs> through 2021 or 2022, <laughs> depending on which one comes first. We asked our listeners for their favorite book of the year, and I, I didn't specifically ask them for books that were published in 2021, even though I stick to that for my favorites. So we have a, a whole list of books that our listeners have found to be something inspirational. The one that sticks out to me is A History of the World in Six Glasses by Tom Standage. Remember that one, Chip? I do remember that. that one do we inspire back. that person to read that? That's pretty mm -hmm. awesome. That, that's that's what we can do. We can bring books to you, you can bring books to us, and we can share them together. That's what we're here for. Biggest news stories of 2021, according to our listeners, beginning the school year in person was, was a theme that I got so many times in our little survey. That moment of getting back to school in 2021, even though we wear masks in school, we're able to get together at school and be whatever the, the new normal is. Who is that masked man? <laughs> it's usually me. <laughs> Not on the 100th day. 100th day is coming up. It's that's me, a, citizen. That's a different mask. <laughs> a different mask. <laughs> There's an interesting climate change news. Australia's barrier reef has erupted in color and coral is spawning. That's a big news story because the coral in our oceans have been bleached in the last few years. And there's some new fresh growth in Australia. That's a big story. So it's like the coral is kissing the ocean, Steve. The coral oral. <laughs> How long have you been waiting on that joke? <laughs> <laughs> so many of our listeners had some great stories of medical successes this year. Congratulations to everybody who got through 2021, got through whatever battles they had. We we're behind you and, and we support everybody and their, their struggles. The struggles this year have been severe for sure. And I'm not the only baby new year out there, Steve. There seems to be some other things going on. There's so many babies. There's so many babies in 2021. We, we had them all over our spreadsheet this week. How did that happen? I, uh, let me explain, Chip. When a man and a woman love each other very much, <laughs> and there are so many new listeners who are going to arrive in 2022 as well. There's so many babies on the way. I look forward to meeting all of your young friends who are going to join our, our team, our fleet of listeners in 2022. Well, you know what? We're going we're gonna to own that, that young demographic, Steve. <laughs> to, to zero to six months demographic. They love this podcast. <laughs> they don't have a choice, Steve. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Only if we can come back next year. Oh, we switched it up on you. It is going to be a new year. I want to thank Chip. 
I want to thank you for another year of podcasting. It's been great. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening and, and tuning in and giving us all the information. I want to thank our house band Grenadier for their music. Don't forget they have a new album that came out in 2021 as well. You should look that up. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call or a text. Our phone number is 805-4104-TMS. Our website is toomuchscrolling.com. Our email is toomuchscrolling at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Too Much Scrolling. I want to thank you again for listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'm Steve Fodor. And I'm Baby New Year. Still not wearing anything else. We'll see you in the future. A little crafty still. I'm gonna have to go throw something up. Same joke every year. It doesn't hold. It doesn't hold. It's the same joke.